0: Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com donate. To the City of Edmond Mayor and Edmond
1: City Council, we the undersigned pastors in Edmond are shocked and offended by the mayor's declaration of June as Pride Month, and we call upon him to rescind the declaration at once as pastors of various congregations, we chose to use as letterhead the seal containing the cross of Christ that once proudly represented our city until forcibly removed by the ACLU lawsuit in 1993. That quadrant was left blank for years as a public reminder and show that the will of the people had been violated. I'll give you all a copy of this letter afterwards, but that was the old city seal, if you can remember since our inception. If one believes the Bible to be God's holy word, then one believes God created mankind intentionally by creating two different genders, the man and the woman. He created them as sexual beings, giving them to one another with the gift of sexual intimacy, which God commanded to be enjoyed only within the confines of marriage. In fact, Hebrews 13.4 calls the intimacy of the marital relationship holy. Any behavior outside of God's will and carried out in disobedience to His commands is called sin. As beings created by God, we have unalienable rights given to us by Him. No person can be deprived of life without due process. No person can arbitrarily be deprived of liberty without due process. And No person can be deprived of the right to enjoy the blessings which God intended for one to experience in accordance with His will. According to the Declaration of Independence, the sole purpose of civil government is to secure these rights. While we have unalienable God-given rights, no one has a right to do wrong. And while all sin, the proper response towards sin should be sorrow and repentance, not defiance and pride. Nevertheless, some choose to shake their fists at God and declare that they will not be ruled by Him, as it states in Psalm 2.
2: And that was Pastor Paul Blair speaking to the Edmond City Council. And that was from, of course, the month of June when the mayor in that city, which is a very conservative city, but the mayor declared it to be Pride Month and endorsed all things LGBTQ. The topic for today's podcast is the offensive tone of truth. So my question is, I shared this on My Facebook page, Uh, this was a couple days ago, and Pastor Paul Blair is the pastor of Fairview Baptist Church in Edmond, Oklahoma. I have the transcript of what he shared here. I will put it in today's podcast post at StandItForTheTruth.com. But I'm thankful for men of God like that, and I'm asking where are the other watchmen across the country? That's the question I would have to ask you, and you could ask your pastor. Because how many mayors... And how many governors declared such things in the month of June during Pride Month and were not challenged at all? And my simple question when I posted this a few days ago was, imagine if pastors across the country did this. What if bold leaders, men of God, actually resisted evil and proclaimed the truth? So I hope you appreciated that clip now that you know the context. It was in front of the city council at the public meeting. And by the way, it ended with a standing ovation from the people present there, a couple hundred people. So when pastors stand up, it not only encourages the people and makes them feel like there's someone looking out for them that's addressing the godlessness, but it also stiffens the spines of other people. Religious leaders, men of God, pastors. My question again, where are the watchmen? Over in 2 Timothy chapter 2, it says, All Scripture is inspired by God and beneficial for teaching, for rebuke. Really? You don't hear that very much, do you? For correction, for training in righteousness. All Scripture. God breathed. Beneficial, so that the man or woman of God may be fully capable, and get this, equipped for every good work. Second Timothy, three, verse sixteen. Easy for you to rem- remember three sixteen because of John three sixteen, Second Timothy three sixteen. So all Scripture, the truth of the biblical worldview, is inspired by God and beneficial for teaching rebuking correcting and training so that others can be equipped are you equipped to respond to all that is going on in our culture if you listen to that whole clip that we just started off with and again it's where's the title of it? it's on vimeo but they do have a Edmund Pastors Take a Stand Against Pro-LGBTQ Proclamation, and it's by Paul Blair addressing the Edmund City Council. He's been a guest on Stand Up for the Truth several times, along with his co-pastor, Dan Fisher, along with one of their brothers-in-arms, Rick Scarborough. Um, so I played that, and Travis, I want to bring the producer in here. He's back in the saddle today. He's, he's uh, manning the board and producing... Um, First of all, welcome back, Travis. Thank you, sir. I went. I had you listen to that a couple times and you actually edited that clip for me so we could start off the podcast with that. What was your reaction that you shared with me earlier this morning? I just said, what, what are your thoughts on his approach and what Paul Blair did at that city council meeting?
3: Well, I think overall he presented it in a respectful way where he wasn't being offensive to the people of the council, but he was also making a firm stand. He was saying, guys, this is where we stand, but I don't want to disrespect you with it at the same time. But the fact that it was him representing several pastors who were taking that stand alongside him going, this is not okay. This does not match our belief system. This is goes against our culture. And the fact that he got that standing ovation at the end was huge because it's like to get a standing ovation about such a topic that is very iffy between people and The society, he's backed up. A lot of people are tired of everything, right? but yet he was being polite, he was being kind, but still taking that stand.
2: Thank you, Travis. It shouldn't be iffy. It shouldn't be a confusing topic to those of us who know and have read and understand what the Bible teaches, our biblical worldview, friends. And this goes back to our founders and some of the things that we were established upon. But Travis said it was respectful, and yet— those pastors, those men of God, were watchmen on the wall. They took a firm stand. Where is your pastor? How many—I'll <laughs> get to this in a minute, what just happened in Wisconsin. Uh, we mentioned it yesterday. But I shared this with a, a friend of mine who happens to be Catholic, but he's in that very city, Edmond, Oklahoma. And he said about the, the, the uh, mayor's proclamation for LGBT. He said, very awful, not a good thing to celebrate. He said the pastor was correct. He said, but Jesus would be kinder or more kind in his tone. Jesus would be more kind in his tone. And that was one of the most firm but compassionate and respectful responses at a public meeting, a city council meeting that I've heard. I thought it was one of the most well-balanced. And we... Friends of God, we need to use that as a model. Take it to your pastor, please. I beg you, let your pastor hear that. It's only five minutes. If they refuse to listen to that, shame on them. Because he went through, I'll tell you a little bit more about what he shared. Just five minutes. He went through the biblical worldview and taught what sin is, why we respond to this, and the promotion of godlessness, what is considered sin and not good for our society, why pastors were against it. And he rattled off like ten Pastors, or so. So, but then this person said not only Jesus should be or would have been more kind, but even here, in other words, in Oklahoma, this is very much becoming the norm. So, very sad. So, this friend who is Catholic said he should be, he was, he should have been more kind in his tone. When even in Oklahoma, this thing's becoming the norm, are you with me? That is one of the best states in the country to live in when it comes to the, the Constitution, when it comes to conservatism, when it comes to upholding the biblical worldview and civil government issues. But in Wisconsin, um, Governor Evers, some call him Dr. Evil, or Governor Evil, I mean Emperor, Emperor Evers, um, on July 1st, yesterday, Wisconsin parents now have a new gender neutral option for identifying the parents. Of a child. Of course, we know this denies science and ridicules both fathers and mothers, but this is the lie that biology doesn't matter. This is what mayors and governors are doing across the country, friends. Look out, because that T that's built in, custom built in the LGBTQ agenda is now a locomotive. It's no long, longer a little choo choo train going through culture. So, children who grow up with a father. We know this. Studies prove this. Children who grow up with a father perform better in all areas of life. Children who grow up with involved fathers are 60% less likely to be suspended or expelled from school, 75% less likely to have a teen birth, and 80% less likely to spend time in jail. Simply put, fathers matter. That was from the Wisconsin Family Council, those uh, stats. And... Um, here we're trying to wipe out the gender roles and distinctions. Our culture is the godless moral relativism of our culture that it's now rampant. It's trying to wipe out male and female. Why? That's the design of God. That is the biblical Christian worldview. They're trying to eradicate the biblical worldview from our culture. You cannot cancel God. It's on the back of my book, Canceling Christianity, which I've got a great update to share with you in, in a few minutes, maybe the next segment. But On the very back, it says, our God cannot be canceled. Why the book then? Because what are they doing throughout our culture? Cultural Marxism. They're trying to eliminate silence, the biblical worldview, truth. Jesus is the truth. So Wisconsin, trying to add gender-neutral options to the birth certificates, that was endorsed by our governor. He's supposed to represent all the citizens of Wisconsin. Is he not? So, and this is just, I don't know. I know it's a minority of the population who are LGBTQ. um, And they're, I don't know why, they just don't care about the votes maybe. They don't care about the money. They don't care about, I guess because they know that that's popular now. And I guess because they know they're not going to have much resistance why would a mayor or a governor do this knowing that, for example, in Oklahoma, uh, several hundred people gave uh, that pastor, Paul Blair, a standing ovation? So why would a mayor or governor go along with this? Are, are they, is it this strong delusion? Are they themselves deceived? Or are they part of the agenda? So that's happening in Wisconsin. I, I, I'm, if, if your state is going through this, um, I'm not surprised. So they're endorsing things like the LGBTQ. They're endorsing Pride Month. And now, I mean, Canada will probably follow them. Uh, Justin Trudeau said, uh, we're going to extend Pride Month now. We're going to call it Pride Season. So now they're going to extend it through September. Uh, It's going to be Pride year. It's going to be Pride everything, right? When the NFL comes out with an ad and says, football is gay, (laughs) football is lesbian, football is transgender, football is for everyone. Well, apparently not anymore. They're losing ratings. They're losing fans uh, because football is no longer just entertainment. Now it's political. But that's for another podcast. But what is happening here? Travis is going to post this later on um, from the Christian Newswire. So we understand what's being promoted throughout our culture. From the Christian Newswire, it says, For the first time in American history, Public prayer is prohibited on the grounds of the U.S. Capitol building on the 4th of July. Elections have consequences. Speaker Nancy Pelosi and the U.S. Capitol Police Board, they continue to keep the grounds of the U.S. Capitol uh, closed to peaceful peaceful First Amendment activities and free speech, even though other businesses are still going about around the Capitol. But... um, That's over at Christian Newswire. Um, So back to what Paul Blair was sharing. By the way, I'm going to plug Liberty Pastors in just a few minutes. I beg you, get this information to your pastor. He he can only say no. He can only turn it down. He can only say not interested, and that's fine. Get this information. I will be attending another conference at the end of this month in July. It's going to be in Edmond, Oklahoma. It's... uh, Put on by Paul Blair, Dan Fisher. Those are a couple of the organizers. LibertyPastors.com. And for, for your pastor and his wife, it's $99 for three days at the Hilton Conference Center. That's, that's three nights at the Hilton. That's six meals. And that's, um, I don't know how many sessions, of educational sessions. And let me just tell you who's going to be there, who you're going to hear from. Several Stand Up For The Truth guests. Paul Blair, Dan Fisher, Rick Scarborough, Alex Newman, and also Matt Staver from Liberty Council, um, Dr. James Taylor, a pastor and Oklahoma expert on critical race theory, and Dr. Lee Merritt from America's Frontline Doctors. She'll be presenting there. So get this information to your pastor. Why? Because as I mentioned in 2 Timothy 3.16, Pastors must use the scriptures for what they are intended to. All scripture is inspired by God and beneficial for teaching, for rebuking, for correction, for training in righteousness that the man or woman of God may be fully capable, equipped for every good work. So we need to be equipped as brothers and sisters in Christ, as soldiers of the cross in this culture on how to respond to what's happening. James Robinson once said, We must reject the thought that evangelism is to be separated from the importance of standing against evil. We weren't saved just to escape this world and go to heaven. Transformed people transformed the culture while standing boldly against evil. End quote. Now, opinions and, you know, strategies differ. You might have differing opinions on methodology, how to do that. But I pray to God your pastor does not question whether we should do it or not. Yes, talk about the Bible, or most things in the Bible, I guess, but not talking about warning people, being a watchman on the wall, sounding the alarm, Bible prophecy, standing against evil. I hope your pastor is doing all of the above. But... The church must have these conversations, how to be the culture-flavoring salt, how to be life-preserving, how to be the light of Christ in the darkness. We need to have these discussions, friends. So um, Mr. Paul Blair, Pastor Paul Blair, continued in his five-minute presentation at the Edmund City Council. God bless him for doing that. He said, If the governor, I'm sorry, if the mayor, Daryl Davis, wishes to personally celebrate a behavior which God calls sin, that is his personal decision, and he alone will give an account to God for his beliefs and actions one day. Friends in Wisconsin, so will Governor Evers and others around the country. However, we are shocked and offended that he would choose to speak as mayor Davis, for the entirety of citizens of this community and celebrate a behavioral choice of which the Word of God clearly disapproves. This is a pastor in Edmond, Oklahoma, who continued by saying, We would welcome a meeting with the mayor to develop a mutually respectful working relationship for the future. America's founding fathers knew that Almighty God was the ultimate lawgiver, and as was documented by Sir William Blackstone and stated in Blackstone's Commentaries on Law, Book 1, Section 2, quote, No human laws should be suffered to contradict God's revealed or divine law, which are to be found only in the Holy Scriptures. We know that God established the realm of civil government, and the Bible has much to say about its proper use and its perversion. It would be our desire to to be among the mayor's best and strongest allies, but only if he would take greater consideration with what he does in his public role. Respectfully, Pastor Paul Blair. Then he went down a uh, mention of Dan Fisher, Blake Gideon, Doctor March Hick, Doctor Mark Hitchcock, and uh, many other pastors there in Edmond, Oklahoma. So your pastor must take a stand, friends. Um, I know many pastors will not, and they refuse to. Challenge them, please. Lovingly, respectfully, with compassion and tears, if necessary. Approach your pastor, I beg you, and send him to libertypastors.com. Tell him about about that conference at the end of this month in Oklahoma.
0: A whole lot more when we come back on Stand Up For The Truth. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. All right, let's uh,
2: continue on. In just a few minutes, we're going to address my latest article and the astounding, um, wow, just just what uh, happened in Las Vegas. Remember this, what happens in Vegas doesn't stay in Vegas. And a man won a women's beauty pageant. Did I just crack you up, Travis? Or Anyway. Um, yeah, we're going we're gonna to talk about what they're calling a historic moment in beauty pageants, but what happens in Vegas does not stay in Vegas. Um, taking this to the next level. One just final to wrap up that um, conversation about Paul Blair, a pastor, getting others to sign on to this refuting what a mayor or a governor who represents all the people, supposedly, in the city or in the state, if you're a governor, where are the men of God? standing up against them. They did it respectfully. They did this with compassion, but yet they were bold. It was a firm stand. And didn't Jesus take a few firm stands against godlessness? Didn't he say, um, you have made my house a robber's den? Right? When he went in and overturned the tables in the temple, when it became a marketplace they were selling they were exchanging money they were making a profit off of people who had to travel for for miles and miles and miles to get there and they couldn't bring animals so they had to purchase an animal for sacrifices and other things and they were charging them through the roof i mean that's what convention centers in america do today and other places but this is what they did in the temple in jerusalem so jesus went in there and righteous anger and there are times when you've got to have this righteous anger against lawlessness and against those who would uh, go against the Word of God. And these pastors, God bless them, they did that. Again, Liberty Pastors, I will be there. My wife and I are going, and uh, we're probably going to be doing a few podcasts, uh, at least recording a few uh, of the speakers there. Very thankful for these men who are trying to get Pastors engaged. Can you believe we've? It's come to this point where you've got to engage, like you know, seventy-five percent of the the pastors in America in some of these issues, things that are happening outside of church walls. Well, good news here about my book. It hit number one in the rankings uh, a couple weeks ago, um, and this is excellent for a, an independently uh, self-published book with a publisher that is not well known at all, very small, and with a, an unknown author like myself. Um, Uh, you guys helped do it thank you Uh, keep posting those reviews please on amazon and they do help people decide whether to purchase it or not number one ranking in um censorship in um, political conservatism and liberalism that's a a top 10 ranking in that category in political freedom so four categories um so thank you thank you for those rankings it's not there of course anymore because you you really have to be consistent in getting people driving people to uh, purchase the book and after doing the interviews a week or so ago, that's kind of died down now. but so now the reviews will help whatever else you can do to share about canceling Christianity. So thank you. Um, now on to the next topic which is this pageant in Las Vegas where the male one, a man, uh, you know I mean that's I could get with this. This show could be pulled down for just saying that. Do you understand? They're pulling it off of Facebook or YouTube. If you if you refuse to call Caitlyn Jenner, she whenever I refer to Caitlyn Jenner, I'll say, well, he did change his name to Caitlyn and he did. He's identifying as a woman. He's identifying. I, I can say that. Biblically that's it's true he's identifying he changed his name that's a legal I will address anyone by their legal name. So we've got to recognize what we should and shouldn't be able to do. But just by saying let's just get into this article here. This was celebrated by the media by the left which I know is one and the same. But just a couple of days ago, a biological male crowned Miss Nevada, USA, now headed to the Miss USA pageant. A Las Vegas TV reporter put it this way, quote, 28-year-old Cataluna Enriquez beating out 21 other women to win the state title. Do you see what they did there? 21 other women. Oh, wait a minute. If it's a transgender person, that means biologically we're talking about a male beating out 21 women. But they said this is what the media is doing. This is what progressives are doing. 21 other women. So you're already saying, okay, you're lumping this person in with the women. How do you feel about this? If you have any background, ladies, in feminism, what do your former friends and allies in the feminist movement feel about this? What We're going to learn in a minute. We're going to hear what former transgenders think about it. But most importantly, what does God think? I talked to a concerned mom the other day about the pressure that young people must feel today in this society a society that conforms to godless moral relativism by rejecting the truth and rebelling against the only living God she said today's children including her son will never grow up knowing what it's like to be in a society that has not normalized all things LGBTQ and that worldview The Fox TV outlet in Vegas pridefully boasted about Cataluna Enriquez winning the pageant and said that Enriquez is, quote, redefining what it means to be a woman. (laughs) That's for sure. (laughs) And what it means to be beautiful. That's not all he's redefining. What about the truth? That was my previous book, Redefining Truth. Man cannot reassign what God designed. Say it with me. Man cannot. Cannot reassign what God designed, but you'll get kicked off social media for saying that. You'll be called a, a hater or what? It transphobe, <laughs> homophobe, or whatever for saying that. But in this issue, in this on this topic, I thought one motto of the left, you know, is follow the science, trust the science. But on this issue, aren't they in denial? When you look at genetics, when you look at DNA, when you look at biology, when you look at male and female, are they not in denial? So what's driving this blindness, this deception about the truth? The celebration of depravity, calling evil good. This reflects a deeper problem in our society, which is rebelling against a holy God and denying his Creation. There's the foundation. We either believe God is and God exists, and if you believe God is, as Hebrews chapter 6 says, those who come to Him must believe that God is and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Hebrews 11. So you got to believe that He exists and He is the creator, and then if you believe that, the next step biblically is. He created the universe and he created mankind in his image, male and female, and stopped right there. And now you can register as a college freshman in most universities across the country as um, up to, I think, 60 or 70 gender options now. But what does God's Word say? We Christians, we have to come back to God's Word. Not only that, we need to be able to address this in public. We need to be able to know how to explain this to people in a loving, compassionate way because many are confused, many are hurting. This is not a time to say God's right and the rest of us are just guessing. This is a time to say God's Word is true. I believe in this and here's why. But we're seeing the damage, right? We're seeing a lot of this happening. By the way, this pride promotion of perversion and promiscuity, this propaganda, I know there were a lot of P's there, but the brainwashing has reached a toxic level in our culture. This is what communist nations do. Non-stop programming until public opinion forcefully changes. Non-stop propaganda. Lies. Lies promoted as truth. Well, you know, You know that. You guys know what's going on. But for us, Bible-believing Christians should not accommodate this, should not go along with this. Romans 12, 2, Do not conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The Bible often warns about being deceived and says in Colossians 2, 8, Make sure that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception in accordance with human tradition. So the question comes down to this. Who do you believe? God? the Bible and biology, or man, the liberal media, Hollywood, and the secular progressive left. So back to this news report out of Las Vegas on the beauty pageant. Um, Cataluna started transitioning at 14, battled thoughts of suicide while finding herself. That's a quote. After winning the contest, Enriquez talked about self-love, believing in yourself, and being your true self. So if Cataluna Enriquez is correct, and the media who is reporting on it, and Hollywood who is celebrating this, and the Democrat Party who promotes it and endorses it, they're saying God, what God created in male and female, these are false. God made you a... A false self, or there either there is no God, or what God created was false, and we have to reassign ourselves. No wonder kids are confused today. My question is, when will we see honest reporting or studies on the anguish, the damage done to children, the psychological carnage, the increase in severe mental health issues, and even suicides? We know there, we know it's happening. We know the average person would say, "Yes, we've." We're aware of some of that. We just don't know the extent yet because this hasn't really been studied for decades. And I'm sorry, guys. We're gonna. I think we're gonna be really dealing with a lot of hurt and pain, and uh, hopelessness. We already are, but wait. Just wait till more of this metastasizes. There will be consequences, and there are consequences when Christians are silent about major, major impactful issues and topics like this. Um, so I talked to Laura Perry. I, said I wanted to get her comment on this story, and I contacted her. She's been a guest on Stand Up For The Truth. She's a former transgender, and um, she said it's tragic that this person that won the beauty contest, Cataluna Enriquez, admitted to having suffered from not only sexual abuse but mental health issues. Here's what Laura Perry said, quote, Rather than helping him receive the counseling and therapy that he needs to heal from the abuse, the Miss Nevada pageant is feeding his delusions that will only increase his mental health issues. In addition, fear of being accused of transphobia has caused companies and organizations to prefer trans individuals. This unfair treatment of contestants, potential employees, and others denies the same equal opportunity to to compete fairly. The worst consequences, however, is that this behavior is being normalized and glorified to an entire generation of young people, and what looks glamorous on television and in the media does not portray the real picture of the mental torture of trying to live in an identity that is not real. End quote. Laura Perry She's been there. She lived it. She can speak clarity into this. And for the first time ever, we're making headlines just about every day. I know a lot. It's happening quickly around us. But for the first time ever, a biological male will not be representing the state of Nevada in the Miss USA pageant. Now, for women, especially those beautiful young ladies, how humiliating. To have been beaten by a man wearing a rainbow dress. Now I admit that it's it's hard to tell when you get all made up and everything, and your body's been surgically enhanced. Um, but for those actual biological women, how sad! Also, for women nationwide, they see many of us see the politically correct writing on the walls of the workforce, corporations, beauty pageants, sports, even the Olympics. And by the way, if you stand and with your back to the American flag because you're offended by the national anthem and think we're an evil country and the anthem is racist, you don't belong in the Olympics representing America. And there's my take on that, period. Um, so what's the logical end to this madness? Go back to how it's been promoted through the years. Oprah Winfrey, remember, in 2008 had the first, quote, so-called the world's first pregnant man. You can thank Caitlyn Jenner for being a role model, for coming out and identifying as a woman, changing his name from Bruce, who, by the way, won the Olympic decathlon in 1976. Man, you've got to be a, a, and, uh, an athlete to win anything in the Olympics, let alone a decathlon. And you can also thank Hollywood, government schools, mainstream media. But Walt Heyer... Um, is also a former transgender, and he's been through this pain, and he turned to Christ, and he said, I wanted to be obedient to the Lord and give up what I want in order to live the life Christ wants. I had to stop living in defiance of God and stop demanding that the church, God, and everyone else make accommodations for my delusions. He said, demanding that people use my preferred female pronoun name was Childish. And he also said, that he was restored after living for eight years as a female transgender. And these are sad reminders in society today of a lost childhood, a family ripped apart, and a marriage that did not survive. And he's got a website, SexChangeRegret.com. He's also got a book out called Trans Life Survivors, where another former trans said, The problem is. His name, this person went by Michael. The problem is, you know, when this disgusting thing consumes your life, you're not open to hearing the truth. All I saw was the websites, the videos, and girls in the streets of Bangkok telling me how pretty I was going to be after having the, the hormones and the surgeries. So let's get down to the bottom line here. The only way a person can truly be free and break the bondage of this sin or any other is to acknowledge their creator that they are not God, we are not God, to recognize that we need a Savior and to repent of our sins. Only then can a person experience true forgiveness, freedom, and lasting peace. Jesus said in John 8, 31-32 to those who believed in him, Quote, If you continue in my word, then you truly are disciples of mine, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Yes, we must continue in his word, but first... You must repent and come to Jesus in the first place and surrender and be saved. Well, we got through that one. Um, When we come back, a couple recent articles and a little bit more just to encourage your pastors to be aware of the second biggest lie in America, the separation of church and state. We are not to be separate and live in isolation from our culture and from the world around us. We are to infiltrate, not isolate.
0: More on Standard for the Truth. In just a minute. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com/podcast. Now back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo
2: William Federer uh, brought this up on his program, American Minute. Uh, he said, "Quote in 1934, Oxford anthropologist J.D. Unwin published *Sex and Culture*, in which." After studying 86 civilizations over 5,000 years of world history, he found a 100% correlation between monogamous heterosexual marriage and cultural advancement and that sexual promiscuity always preceded the decline of a civilization. I'm going to put that quote in today's podcast post at StandUpForTheTruth.com. And today's podcast, again, is called The Offensive Tone of Truth. Hebrews 13.4 says, Marriage is to be held in honor among all, and the marriage bed is to be undefiled. For fornicators and adulterers God will judge. Now, friends, We look down our noses at the LGBTQ, but we've got to address sin in our own camp in churches, and that would be adultery. Ooh, it got quiet all of a sudden. Hebrews 13, 4. But let's get back to this problem of sexual promiscuity and moral relativism being advanced in our culture. And this is a study at Oxford going back to 1934, 5,000 years studied. And there's a 100% correlation between monogamous heterosexual marriage and cultural advancement. And the other conclusion, again, I'm repeating, sexual promiscuity always preceded the decline of a civilization. What are our our children learning in government-run schools today? If you remove God, creation, one man, one woman, gender, Marriage, the Bible, prayer, Ten Commandments, you remove all that. God's law is in the Bible, the Ten Commandments. You've got to remove all that. That leaves an awful, vast chasm, a, a void that has to be filled with something. And it is in public school curriculums, and you know that. But we send our children there anywhere and ha- anyway and have been for decades. Shame on us. Um, Okay, just want to share one one other thing here in the time we have left. So, God gave the apostles power and blessed their efforts and gave them abundant grace in Acts chapter— read the first four chapters. But when they answered the religious leaders and said, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than God, make your own judgment, for we— Cannot speak, stop speaking about what we have seen and heard. In another uh, verse, I think in the the chapter before that or chapter following that, they said we must obey God rather than man. So who are we to say they should have kept quiet? We should keep quiet and not talk about these things in our culture. The consequences, though, when you do speak the truth, God did allow them to be severely beaten, flogged. But they went on their way rejoicing. That's Bible history, Let's jump ahead to A.D. 54. The Apostle Paul preached the gospel in Ephesus, a very pagan city. He disrupted the political system and the businesses in the region. But let's come over to our shores here. In 1775, do you believe, some would believe, if you want to separate our faith from government or from the culture, Should Christians have not literally fought for their freedom and the freedoms in this country to break off from the controlling Church of England? Was it wrong of Pastor Jonas Clark in Lexington, Massachusetts, to lead his church and community to form a militia and face the British in the War of Independence? In 1830, Reverend Charles Finney preached about the holiness of God and stirred hearts of the people During the Second Great Awakening, was he wrong, for example, to call for an end to slavery? Should he have kept cultural and, quote, social issues out of the pulpit? Jump ahead to 1954. Did you know that Dr. George McPherson Daughtery preached a sermon convincing President Eisenhower to include the words, under God, in our Pledge of Allegiance? In 1963, was the civil disobedience of Dr. Martin Luther King wrong because he should have obeyed governing authorities at the time? The Baptist minister led civil rights marches. He called for equal rights of all men. It cost him his life, but he's hailed a hero. In 1973, was it wrong for people to protest Roe v. Wade and the legalization of abortion, also known as the murder of pre-born babies? Was the decision of the Supreme Court Sinful? Or were they or was those that were disputing the law, were they sinning for resisting that evil decision and trying to call out the Supreme Court? Pastor Paul Blair was masterful in his eloquence, respect, and firm stance on calling out the mayor of Edmund in the LGBTQ proclamation, the Pride Proclamation. But Christian men and women have been fined and arrested. Um, I mean, we could go on. There's so many other examples of standing against cultural evil and government when government does not obey God's commands. One simple—here's an eye-opening. Do you remember this that happened in Congress in February? The so-called Equality Act was being debated— and Florida Republican Greg Stubbe warned that passing the bill would go against Scripture. Kudos to him. He represented people who did not believe in that godless act the Democrats were trying to ram through because they came into power in the beginning of this year. He said, The gender confusion that exists in our culture today is a clear rejection of God's good design. Whenever a nation's laws no longer reflect the standards of God, that nation is in rebellion against him and will inevitably bear the consequences. And he said, we are seeing the consequences here in our country today of rejecting God. And you know what You know what? A Democrat Jerry Nadler said? Do you remember his response? This was on the floor in the U.S. House of Representatives. Nadler said, Mr. Stubbe, what any religious tradition describes as God's will is no concern of this Congress. There you have it. In other words, take your God and your worldview and get them out of here. Leave them out of politics, leave them out of, get them out of our culture, keep them behind church walls. And even if you do that, even if you keep them behind church walls, you're called hateful just for thinking that the Bible is true. All right, one article I wanted to touch on before we run out of time. It's called over at FrontPage Magazine, FrontPageMag.com, Why Don't Christian Black Lives Matter? This is about the ignored genocide in Nigeria, and it's heartbreaking, friends. It is heartbreaking what we're seeing over there and what is not reported on by the progressive uh, liberal media, the, the activists in the media who refuse to be fair <laughs> and report the truth. Americans, the government, they're ignoring what's happening. Nigeria, Mozambique, the Central African Republic, Mali, the, the Democratic Republic of Congo. Muslims are terrorizing and slaughtering Christians and have been for many years, many years now. The stated goal of Boko Haram is the establishment of a pure Sharia law state in Nigeria and the brutal subjugation or slaughter of the nation's Christians. The Muslim Falani herdsmen, who in recent years have terrorized more Christians than even Boko Haram, are acting on jihad teachings and hate for Christians. And in other countries, of course, Jews. But look up this article, just came out two days ago, Why Don't Christian Black Lives Matter?, so, well, how about that America, what say you Americans on the left? What say you Democrat Christians? If there can be such a thing which I believe is an oxymoron, I believe you're in danger of uh idolatry if you hold your political party. This goes to for Republicans too. If if there's any Republican plank in the platform that does go, that goes against God's law, the worldview of, of the Bible, the biblical worldview, Then, and you're still saying, I'm a Republican first and we'll, we'll support this, then you also are in danger of uh, I- idolatry. But the Democrats, you've got to face it. You look through all these policies in your platform. But this is one when you can ignore the murder of black Christians in another country, but yet here in America, you're touting the Marxist-driven Black Lives Matter that might be cognitive dissonance. I think there's some hypocrisy there that you've got to look at. Friends, you you all know every one of us most likely knows someone who puts their politics above their biblical faith and their worldview as a Christian, and that is wrong. That is idolatry. I've tried to address friends on this issue, whether that be abortion, life in the womb, whether that be marriage between one man and one woman, whether that be um Heterosexual, you know, marriage as opposed to same-sex marriage, whether that be, you know, in all these other cases, um, going against what the Bible teaches. Socialism versus capitalism. Um, we don't find. Okay, I can't go down that road. I don't have enough time. But there's always a, a lot. There's plenty of examples. So challenge people on their idolatry if they're putting the an an R or in most cases a D above their biblical worldview, challenge them on it. I've lost friends over this issue because they cannot defend it. I'd simply ask questions. How did you come to that conclusion that these issues are not important? That's what they say they justified. Because you can't say ripping out a human life in a mother's womb is, is good. You can't call that good when the Bible calls it evil, when it's sin to take a life. So they can't justify that, but they say, okay, that's not one of the big issues. What's the biggest issue? The existential threat of climate change. Global warming, they say. And uh, discrimination against transgenders. These are existential threats. The threat of inequality and injustice. Well, let's define justice. God is just. And as the Bible says, his justice won't. His patience won't won't last forever. He is just, and his patience won't last forever. Finally, the 4th of July is on the way, and I just really want to encourage you guys to um, just understand we are so blessed. It's so hard not to take our freedom for granted here in this country. It is very hard, but let's just quote a few people, including Noah Webster, who said, in my view, Noah Webster, the Christian religion is the most important and one of the first things which all children under a free government ought to be instructed. No truth is more evident in my mind than that the Christian religion must be the basis of any government intended to secure the rights and privileges of a free people. George Washington said, Of all the dispositions and habits which lead up to political prosperity, religion and morality are indispensable supports in vain Would that man claim the tribute of patriotism who should labor to subvert these great pillars? And John Hancock said, Resistance to tyranny becomes the Christian and social duty of each individual. Continue steadfast and with a proper sense of your dependence on God, nobly defend those rights which heaven gave and no man ought to take from us. And you can find many, many, many more quotes about the Declaration of Independence, and uh, this, the parallels with Christianity, the biblical worldview. Thank you guys so much. When we come
0: back, we'll uh, let you know who our guests are next week on Stand Up For The Truth. Keep it right here. Stand Up For The Truth, a ministry of Lakeshore Communications Incorporated. Keep the discussion going on social media, Stand Up WI, on Facebook and Twitter. Now, we wrap up today's Stand Up For The Truth.
2: So I forgot to tell you at the beginning of this podcast, Scott Lively, Dr. Scott Lively, was scheduled for today, but he had to travel to Southern California, uh, and he's attending his son's, um, I think he's graduating from the Police Academy, if I remember correctly, but he was in transit, and he couldn't join us for the podcast today, but we rescheduled him for in a couple weeks, and Scott Lively, by the way, did speak at uh, Liberty Pastors Conference last year that I went to, along with so many other wonderful people, Uh, Trevor Loudon was one of my favorite, but next Monday we're taking off, 4th of July. We're celebrating that, and you celebrate our freedom. Thank God, praise God for the United States of America. Don't believe the lies about what kind of country we are or even were. Tuesday, Shea Hoodman of Got Questions. Wednesday, Jan Markell of Understanding the Times, Olive Tree Views. Thursday, J.B. Hickson of Not By Works Ministries. And Kevin McGarry, next Friday, of Every Black Life Matters, EBLM. So we've got a great week of guests for you. Thank you so much. I'm open to your suggestions. We're now booking August. Believe it or not, we're pretty far ahead. But we do like when you share with us uh, someone who you believe would be a great guest for our podcast. Thank you again. God bless you. And as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.